And I thought, wow, this is such a different outlet because in music, we're always trying to like, I have all my music and iTunes and Spotify and everything, but you kind of, this is what I wanted to talk about as artists. You have to sometimes step out of the box a little bit and maybe stretch in an area that, that you didn't think you could even get acknowledged or seen. And I decided, okay, I'm going to go on film free, which was thousands of festivals all over the world. And some of them are just music. And one of them is called the global music awards. I ended up winning um, a bronze medal. Welcome to the female entrepreneur musician podcast with Bree Noble. Bree is a musician, entrepreneur, speaker, and founder of Women of Substance Music Radio and Podcast. Bree's interviews with successful female musicians and industry pros are both inspirational and informational. She also answers your questions about the music business. Bree is on a mission to help you create great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business, and to truly become a female entrepreneur musician. Hey, this is Bree Noble, and I want to welcome you to the Female Entrepreneur Musician, where we talk about making great music, connecting with your audience, and growing your business. Today's interview is with Amy Barbera, and I met Amy through my platform, Women of Substance Radio. I met her, I'd say at least five years ago. And the reason I met her is because she submitted music to us, and it was fantastic music. And she's been submitting music to us over the years and videos for us to feature on our video blog and all of that. And as I watched her and what she was doing with strategically connecting with not just me, but other people that she was submitting music to, whether it was for a song competition or a video competition. And then when she was winning, she was really utilizing that to get more publicity, to really you know, bring her fans on board and get them excited and show them that, you know, she's really out there in the world doing something with her music. And so it just got me thinking, I really want to bring her on the show to talk about how she's utilizing these competitions, because a lot of times, you know, musicians say to me, should I be spending money on song competitions, video competitions? And I say it depends, you know, I I think it depends on number one, if you can win a few of those really you know prestigious ones that will really help your bio but also if you know how to leverage your wins that is the key as to whether it's worth it for you and amy really knows how to leverage her wins and so i wanted her to talk about how she does that on the show and since i always like to give you guys an action item or something that you can do uh, after you watch the show, I wanted to mention that because I met her through Women of Substance, we do take submissions for our uh, podcast platform for playing music by female artists. And yes, we do charge for that, but that only covers our time. We don't make any money off of it. It just covers the ability to keep the podcast going. And so if you're interested in getting on our show, and we do a lot to promote artists that are on our show, we promote you to all of our social channels, which have over 60,000 people that subscribe to our different social channels. And we have over 10,000 listeners every month. So beyond that though, if you submit to us and we choose your music, which we do choose a very high percentage of music we try to find something that we can play um 
I encourage you to really listen to what Amy says today and think about how you can leverage that. If you get airplay on Women of Substance, how can you leverage that to, number one, show your fans that exciting things are happening, uh, get them to share it with other people. Number two, get your fans to rally around helping you promote the fact that you've gotten this exposure. And that will lead to other fans. If your friends and fans just share it with one person, that's expanding that network so much. And you can also connect with the other artists that are being featured on the same episode. The music we play is really high quality. And so you'll meet a lot of great other artists and you might have a lot in common with them and want to do some kind of collaboration. So if you want to submit to our review board, you can do that at wosradio.com. You can check out everything about Women of Substance podcast on that page. That's wosradio.com. Now let's get to my interview with Amy Barbera. I am so excited to welcome Amy Barbera to the show. Um, I have I can't even think of when I started playing her music on Women of Substance many years ago, I think. I've played music from at least two of her albums over the years, and I've always been really in awe of her just beautiful recordings. I mean, they're just awesome. Um, So I encourage you guys, once you get to know her on the show and she'll give you some information on how you can find her, you definitely want to go check out her recordings. They're awesome. Um, and so before we get into like what's going on now, because I know you've got some exciting stuff going on now, I would love to know a little bit about your journey, Amy, and like how you started singing and, you know, kind of how you got to where you are now. Wow. Well, I, st- I you know, all, it, ever since I was a little girl, I mean, that was my passion. Uh, in elementary school, they did like a talent competition with the whole entire school. And I, I didn't have like a lot of confidence back then. And uh, I did the talent show and I sang my favorite things from the mm-hmm. sound of music and I ended up winning. I, and they, and I actually won money too. So that kind of like at that time, you know, I didn't have confidence, but that made me like feel like, okay, maybe this is my destiny. And then of course I did a little bit of choir and then musical theater in college, but, and I got a few minor leads, but I didn't really, wasn't like it was my true passion until I was around 20. I, I overcame an eating disorder anorexia uh, when I was young. Like I, I struggled with it and then and went to deep counseling and through the healing of anorexia is when I knew I had to move away from Maryland and go to somewhere because I grew up in a very small town. Mm. And so there wasn't any opportunity for music or art. So I took a year off and, and from college and I saved money and moved and went to the Art Institute of Fort Lauderdale but I knew in my heart, my calling was singing and, and music. And um, I started to go to this local church and gave my life to the Lord. And then immediately the pastor said, I think you're supposed to be a, like a lead singer. And they put me on the worship team. And that kind of started my journey of really like, okay, this is something that I know this is my true calling. But actually the crazy thing is when I was still in Maryland, I actually developed vocal cord nodules. Uh, from cheerleading because I was a cheerleader and having no idea that my destiny would be singing. And I went ahead and had the surgery on, you know, for singers, vocal cord nodules are, you know, not good. And they said, well, all your years of cheerleading and I, and I'm a big Prince fan. He's my favorite all time. And I used to sit in the basement and just sing with him. And, you know, Prince sings really high and really powerful. And uh, I wasn't trained back then. 
So I actually had surgery on my vocal cords prior to moving to Florida. And uh, all of my vocal teachers are like, it's a miracle that you can sing the way you do, you know, that you had sur the surgery when I was really young. So that's another story that I have. Wow, that's interesting. I mean, when I hear you sing, I just assumed that you had like been classically trained from a child. But no. it sounds like that's not the case at all. <laughs> no, I started training when I first moved to Florida with, with teachers. You know, in my 20s, I started training. But prior to that, I mean, I was in theater and stuff, but I never had any formal training at all. And then even with the, even when I started joining the worship team at my church, I started to have a little bit of vocal problems, even though I had the surgery and everything. And I knew, and that's when God spoke to me to really good, get good training. And so I developed myself in my early years with good teachers and stuff. Well, it, it definitely paid off because I can tell that you had some form of classical training when you sing was your goal like to be a, in musical theater or did you have like a style of music that you wanted to pursue i've always wanted to be an inspirational singer i consider myself kind of like in the style more like celine dion i've had a lot of voice teachers tell me that i have a natural operatic voice and if i wanted to pursue opera i probably could but i just don't I feel that that's me. And also with the language, I'm not really good at picking up the language. Mm. And for me, as an artist, I, I think it's about originality and being who God created you to be as far as your own original artistry. So I'm not interested in kind of learning, you know, opera. There's a lot of traditional opera songs that most opera singers sing. And for me, I want to be an original. So I prefer to go in a direction of where I'm more of a, you know, adult contemporary pop style artist. And I'm able to use, incorporate that sound in my, in my music and my own original songs. So I yeah. feel like I have a calling to reach people through my original music. And so I've stuck with that. But in the early years, you know, you struggle with direction to go. I mean, I was always a worship leader at church and I always, I started, I wrote my first song in 1997 with my worship leader, Tim Jack called flowers in my garden. But, um, I just knew like, you know, I'm glad I stuck with the path that I'm on because, you know, I feel like it's most fulfilling, you know? Yeah, I can definitely identify with that. I mean, I, I wanted to always sing my own songs too. And I felt like I, you know, I had something to say and I wanted to just really impact people with the message of my songs. And I really get that through your songs. What do you feel like your, you know, kind of your message for the world is? Well, uh, God's love, hope. Uh, inspiration, I tend to write from a, like a lot of nature, like paint me a rainbow, make me a butterfly. Um, just the message of like inspiration, hope, God's love, God's healing, God's grace, that type of uh, direction. And then I have a song like Walking on the Stars that's about, you know, pursuing your dreams and just I want to inspire people. And I do, I do have, um, I recorded a song called My Sweet Pea for my fiance TC and it's in 1940 style oh, okay. and I've had it. The, the video's ready. It's an original song that I wrote. I worked with a producer named Kiskity who's amazing. She's a uh, genius in music. She's blind, but I, I, I forgot she was blind when I worked with her. She's kind of like a Stevie wonder type. Wow. And I had the song, I had the melody, I had the lyrics. I went to her house I sang it acapella and she sat down at her grand, grand piano and, and, and she's from England, but she lives here in Florida. 
And then she brought, she's in a band, so she brought in her drummer. And we did it, we recorded it several years ago, but, but I always, I'm waiting. I have, I actually have the physical album printed. I have the video, music video ready. I have the photographs ready, but I'm waiting because I wanted to do like a little party. And now with the coronavirus, I was planning on releasing it this year, but I don't know because I wanted to make it. So that's actually not, that's not an inspirational Christian song. It's a cute 1940s style love song. I'm singing in that style, which, which was awesome because I, it was the first time doing it and Kiss Kitty's like, you're so natural at this style. You know, the night that sound, the Ella Fitzgerald type sound. Right. So she was like, she thought it was cool because she said a lot of people that she's worked with over the years are afraid to kind of go out of their genre. And for me, I just loved it, you know, and it was my fiance's idea. Cause I don't, you, there's a group called their American idols and they came together and they take songs like a lady Gaga song and they make it a 1940s song jukebox, something they're called postmodern jukebox. Oh, okay. And TC, my fiance was listening to them a lot. And he said, you should do a song in that style. And that's what inspired me. And then the next day, literally, the song came in my head. Oh. So I'm real excited about that because people are going to be like, is that you? Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's always and, fun uh, to surprise people. Yes. So have you found that like during this time, I mean, as we're talking, we are still kind of in the the lockdown I mean, we're kind of opening up slowly. I know maybe Florida is opening up a little faster than we are here. But have you found during the time where people were in lockdown and um, just really needed some kind of like hope and inspiration? Did you find that, you know, people were reaching out to you and, and appreciating your music? And were you able to really connect with fans during that time? Yes, a whole lot, actually. Matter of fact, in the time I, I took some time and I would make home videos of me, you know, it's, you know, talking about hope and God's hope. And I would sing like I would sing like one of my songs acapella and then I might do like amazing grace. So I, and I, I, right before that, I started to really make my YouTube channel. I've had YouTube for years, but never set it up professionally. And my mom and I, cause I take care of her. She's bedridden. We started a little show together, inspirational word with cute Judy, Judy Lee and Amy. My mom's name is Judy. So we call her cute Judy Lee. So we had done already two shows and we sang together as, as mom and daughter just for fun. So when the coronavirus hit, I, and I, I couldn't take care of her for a month and a half because of, you know, my, my fiance is a police officer and we thought it would be too dangerous mm. um, being around my mom who's already bedridden. And so I took that time to make videos and put them up on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. And I would sing and share words of encouragement so yes a lot of people reached out and um you know on instagram twitter all of it you know reaching out and you know i told everybody i was praying so it really was kind of like a good season because i was very stressed out right before corona hit like i was just non-stop um tired all the time and then it kind of with the coronavirus as bad as it is it kind of actually helped me slow down a little bit and be able to rest a little bit, which was good. Yeah. I've heard that from other artists too, that are like working a job and then trying to do the music on the side. And it, it gave them a little bit of a, a rest period. It did. And I was able to do the videos on YouTube and uh, build up my YouTube channel a little bit more, you know, 
Now you have, you know, invested in video over the years, right? Cause I know that you've submitted some uh, of your videos to different like film competitions and things. Yeah. Well, the, um, what happened is I released my make me a butterfly music video two years ago in June, actually. And my friend Robin, who is, you know, an actress and she's just did like a little um, production of a film, a short film. She used my song Breath of Angels to close out her film because the film's called You're Never Alone. And um, she's told, told me about Film Freeway uh, that you can submit films. But then I did some research and she said, well, you know, a lot of those you can submit songs, you can submit music videos. And I thought, wow, this is such a different outlet because in music, we're always trying to like, I have all my music and iTunes and Spotify and everything, but you kind of, this is what I wanted to talk about as artists. You have to sometimes step out of the box a little bit and maybe stretch in an area that, that you didn't think you could even get acknowledged or seen. And I decided, okay, I'm going to go on film free, which was thousands of festivals all over the world. And some of them are just music. And one of them is called the global music awards. And that's the one I really wanted to get in. And I really wanted to hopefully win something. And I ended up winning, um, a bronze medal for make me a butterfly. The judges picked, I was in shock, but I told Robin, that's the one festival that I definitely want to get picked, you know, because what the way it works is you submit and then a bunch of judges from the festival, they review uh, hundreds of submissions and then they announce, they usually give you a date and then film freeway lets you know that, you know, they, and most of the time, like you'll, they can select you. You can be an official selection, like the International Christian and Film Festival picked me as an official selection, but I didn't make it to the winning where I got a gold medal or whatever. But the Global Music Awards, I got in and they picked me as one of the winners. So it really encouraged me. And then the uh, there's one in Cannes, France. And um, that one, I ended up getting a semifinalist. I didn't win the final award. But and then the International Christian and then the Spotlight Film Festival in Atlanta, Georgia. And then there was one in New York just this year. And they couldn't, of course, because of Corona, but I got a really high score and they sent me a really good review. So, um, wow. So and what, have how to, have you been kind of leveraging that? Like, do you, when you win one of those, do you go out and tell your fans and do you get a lot of, you know, encouragement? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I actually, what I did is during this time when we had the coronavirus, I, I created a promo video I think I sent it to you and it sh I created made it myself and it shows like make me a butterfly award-winning music video and then I put spotlight film festival and French Riviera that's the one in Cannes France French Riviera film festival and showing because a lot of them the two the global music awards and the spotlight film because I was a winner in the categories they gave the actual give you awards that they're hanging mm -hmm. on my wall and I, I and um so for me, it's like been great because it's, I've, I've won in five or been picked or selected or won in five different categories. I have one more that I submitted to you that I find out later this year. Um, and then there's like a couple that I didn't get selected, but they wrote me and said, you know, the judges really liked you. It's just that they could only pick and you were great. And so even though they didn't pick you, but I was just happy to, to even get selected for five of them, you know, and I submitted it for about eight. So I pretty much did really well. Yeah. So I, I, I was so happy. And then the international Christian and film festival, I was just nominated for artist of the year. And last Saturday 
because of Corona, they were supposed to have a big event in Orlando and they were going to have a big red carpet event. And my fiance and I were going to go, it was supposed to be in May. And then they said, well, we might try to do it in August, you know, August, October, you know, in between that. And it just wasn't working. And so they did a virtual last Saturday. They did like a two hour virtual and I didn't win, but I was one of the top 10. What mm. they did is they had, it's called people's choice and you were nominated and the judges picked all the people that were nominated. They narrowed it. I guess they researched, they must've looked at me on the computer and they narrowed it down to the top 10 and they let me know right before coronavirus hit, like back in yeah. February. And for some reason I, I didn't make the announcement. And then all of a sudden through the Corona, they said, well, we have to cancel. We're trying. And then like they said, we're going to do virtual. So I was just happy to be nominated. And I have that, you know, now up on my YouTube channel that to that was nominated. And that's an international festival as well. It's not just local. It's like artists from all over the world. So, right. Ha have you found that winning those awards has opened other doors for you? Yes. A matter of fact, uh, it opens other doors as far as people wanting to work with you and uh, wanting to, you know, of course, interview you. And I think it gives you more cre credibility. Mm -hmm. Like the Global Music Awards, they said it's music's uh, a seal of approval. And I think they have affiliations with some of the big, I can't remember if it's Sony or one of them. So, and they're wonderful, the Global Music Awards. And it's just music, every type of music all over the world. And they have categories. And I submitted for just music video, but like with my Sweet Pea, I might submit the song and the music video separate. You can do two separate, but it's on Film Freeway. And that's the, actually, even the big movies, like the movies that come out like from the A-list or stars, they're, they're on Film Freeway because the big festivals like the Canes, I was part of the French Riviera Film Festival, which is a smaller festival of Canes, but they're affiliated. They're just more small and more indie oriented. But Cannes is the biggest one, and uh, we're all the major movies. And right. so Film, film Freeway is – but they have, have festivals just for music. So for me, it's been an avenue that is open doors, and just – I love it. I'm, I, it's, and it's, it's exciting because, you know, oh my God, I'm going to find out. You know, it's, you have something to look forward to. Yeah, like in the midst of all this – yeah. Oh, that's it? a good point. Like uh, during this time, it's like, oh, it's so nice to have something to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Because the thing is, I knew I found out right before the coronavirus, I was nominated. Mm. And then one of the film festivals in New York, I was waiting to hear. And I found out in the midst of the coronavirus that, that they gave me a really high score. They gave me a nine out of 10 and they sent it, they broke it down and they did a really great review, which I have on that promo video. So even though, nobody's allowed to do any shows or there's not much going on as far as live performing. I had something to share and it was kind of made me feel like, okay, I still have things going on, you know? And yeah, uh, yeah so I, think I, I feel I this struggle with like, what do I talk about all the time, you know, to my fans, to my, on my newsletter and my, you know, social media. Yes. And that's a big thing. I, I kind of, what I do on my social media is I, I kind of combine the two, like on Instagram, I might have a post about my music, but then I'll, if I got, when I got engaged or I talk about my dog, so I kind of combine because it's just so much because I handle about 10 different social media and I just said, I just can't, it's so much work to try to keep up with everything, you know? Yeah. So, because some people have multiples Instagrams. I do have a Facebook private and a Facebook fan page 
which I've done that for years, but um, it's a lot to keep up with. But I tell people and a lot of people that are just starting and they'll ask me, I'm like, you really have to get a platform on social media. That's what I tell people. Um, and I didn't really take YouTube as seriously um, until me and my mom started doing our show. And then and my friend said, well, you know, you can create a YouTube channel where it's your big channel, but you can have sections. So you can have like a music where, you know, your award section, you can have your interview section, you can have your show section. So now I've built up such a base from that, just making it more professional and making it like a real YouTube channel. And now I love YouTube, you know, mm -hmm. another thing that I've done the make me a butterfly music video. I decided, okay, how do I promote this? Because as an artist, when you first release a song, you might have a lot of hype for like a week. And you know, right now in the way our society is, everything is like the attention span of people is not very long. You know what I mean? Yep. Do you find that? So I decided, okay, there's only so much promotion I can do, you know, just keep putting the song up on my page and just talking about it. So what I decided to do is on Facebook, they have the birthdays. And I created this little birthday message with the song, you know, happy, happy birthday. Come soar with me on your birthday as you watch my Make Me a Butterfly. And that has gotten, and I do it behind the scenes. Nobody knows. I'm constantly promoting it. And I've been able to build it. It's almost at 10,000 views, but doing it the real way with, with no help, just me. And I mean, that's not a lot of views, but for me doing it by myself and getting it out there and, and I've gotten a lot of response and comments on it. And so when the judges go on to judge the video, they see what well, she's getting views. She's getting, you know, response, real nice comments from people. So I think that there, you can be creative with your music. And even though it might've been released, you can still be promoting it other ways behind the scenes. Yeah. Uh, that's really, you know, you're promoting that. That really makes sense. I love that. Um, so you, Basically, when people have a birthday, you would send them like, hey, happy birthday, you know, and then you would like send them the song to encourage them. Yeah. And they loved it. You know how much I mean, and some people like, you know, I'll see their birthday and then I'll, I, I know I've talked to them or they might have commented on something and maybe I've lost touch with them. And then they'll write me, oh, my gosh, I needed this. Thank you so much. I love your music. Like it. And it's, it's just you're constantly doing that. Also, another thing I do is on Instagram, I do the same thing. If somebody starts following me on Instagram, I send them a private message. I introduce myself. Thank you for following me. I'll, I'll look and see what they do. Like if they do music, I'll encourage them. And then I'll attach the song. And from that, I've gotten a lot of radio people like, oh, I love it. And I do that on Twitter. Um, and I do that. Like it's, it's just a way of constantly promoting a song that maybe is released maybe a long time ago or a video that's released but it's you know there's thousands and millions of people all over the world that haven't heard the song you know so these are just other avenues to get your music out there even though it's already been released and the film freeway thing is good because all the film festivals are over a period of months so even though your video is released this film festival might not be picking the final winner till september you know so it's constantly judges. People are looking at it. And most of the festivals want the YouTube link. You don't have to send them the actual video. So you're, you're getting views and you're getting, and it's just another way of, of getting yourself built up and, and connecting with people. I love all that. I really, I, I love all that advice. Very, it's not scalable, right? But it doesn't matter because fan 
to, you know, it's one-to-one, right? When, when we are really building up our fan base, you really want to feel like you're connecting people with people one-on-one and that's what you're doing. And I think that's really smart. Yes. And it's just being creative and, you know, being really creative and just um, thinking out of the box, you know, is the best thing I think. Yeah. Especially now, you know, with everything going on, you have to be, you know, think out of the box. Definitely. Okay. Well, this has been really great. I appreciate all your advice for the artists that are listening. And I know they're going to want to go love to, you know, watch the video that you talked about, make me a butterfly and listen to you sing. So what's the best place that they can find you online or give them a couple of different links? Well, I, I'm actually my website company that I was with, they closed down and thank God over the the Corona, I actually have a brand new website that I'm going to be releasing. It's already up, but I'm going to make an announcement everywhere about the new website. So my website is www.amybarbera.com. It's the same as my old one, but I had to do the transfer from one website company to the other. And then I'm on Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, pretty much the major ones. Uh, Reverb Nation, but mainly the three are like Instagram, well, four, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook are the main, Perfect. and my website it's all has your name, Amy Barbera. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on and giving our listeners some great advice on how to connect with their fans and how to, you know, get more promotion for your music. Yes. Yes. And it was great. I love you, Brie. You're the best. Oh, thank you. Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com and music by Stella Ronson.